morning, sir. How can I help you? Yeah, hi. I'm looking for a really good quality medium format lens. When you say good quality? Well, professional standard. Right, okay. And uh, what sort of price range are you oh, thinking of? I don't know, 506. Very funny. Sorry? There can be few professions outside artificial insemination and parachuting where equipment is as crucial as it is for a photographer. Will has decided that the time has come to invest in his own talent, and at the very forefront of any camera is the lens. I mean, I could sell you rubbish if that's what you want. I mean, you're the customer. Well, no, no. I mean, this lens here, Scimitar, 850 quid. 850, I mean. Now, if you went into a high street shop, some 19-year-old with a nylon shirt and hair gel would probably get quite excited about selling you this. It's complete rubbish. Is it? Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Don't worry, we're not suddenly going to become kit-obsessed. As regular listeners know, that isn't our route. That isn't where we hang out. However, that uh, little clip there, that extract from, I think, perhaps one of the most astute and funniest spoof documentaries, The Photographer, from the series uh, People Like Us, uh, Bill Nye playing the role of the photographer, going into his local camera shop and, of course, being somewhat intimidated into spending as much money as possible. Nostalgia for camera shops, I think, is something different to cameras and buying cameras. The camera shop was a place of wonder, the place where you bought the cameras before online, before cameras were available widely in supermarkets and so forth. They were often very quiet. They had a certain smell to them. As a child, I I think that smell was kind of cardboard, that, that smell of kind of old cardboard, cameras that have been kept in boxes for a long time on those dusty shelves, alongside perhaps some photographic magazines, maybe also, of course, chemicals uh, that the uh, amateur darkroom required. The camera shop was also somewhere where you would take your film in to get developed and then return perhaps a week or two weeks later to pick up the pictures and hope that something had worked. I think in the contributions we have each week to what does photography mean to me, the most dominant theme, the point that has come up most often, is that idea of a gateway to photography being through a parent or being through a close family friend, that idea of the passing down of a camera, the inheritance of a camera. And so often that gateway was made through a camera shop. I know it was for me as a small child going with my father to drop off film. And as I said, it could be intimidating, just like a hi-fi shop used to be intimidating in the 1970s and 1980s. You needed to know the good brands and you needed to know which brands were the ones which were appropriate to you. Which ones could you afford? There are all sorts of numbers to know, model numbers, ranges. You had to have some knowledge before you could kind of pluck up the confidence to go into that camera shop. Well, why am I talking about that this week? Well, the camera shop is under threat. The camera shop is going and primarily it's gone. There are very, very few left, certainly in the UK. 
I do know that in other countries, the small independent camera shop, because that's what I'm talking about, staffed by enthusiasts, still exists. And that's a great thing. Maybe you'd like to tell me about your local camera shops, wherever you live. But another reason for that, for me talking about it this week, is because my father needed a camera shop recently. Uh, He lives just outside of South London, and uh, he said to me, there are no camera shops available anymore. There's nowhere for me to go. So I did a quick Google search because I remembered there was one only a few miles from him, which I drive past when I visit. It's in Worcester Park, which is a, an area just outside of South London. It's an old-style camera shop with a big Canon sign, now quite faded. It's got windows full of stuff, full of uh, posters and bits of camera bits and equipment and what have you. I'd never been in, but the Google review said that there was a guy in there called Richard who was really helpful. So I let my father know about this, and he got the bus down there. Well, Richard's now become my father's favourite person. He loves the camera shop. He still shoots analogue on his uh, old Olympus cameras, a series of cameras that Olympus made, which are kind of stylized and retro. One's metal and one's in cream plastic. They're quite rare, I think. But he loves those cameras, and he still uses them. Time has made it that it's a bit more difficult for him now to load the cameras. So he went down to that camera shop called Continental Cameras. If you live around the Worcester Park area, please use this camera shop. Drop in, say hello. So my father went in with his roll of film and his camera. Richard told him that the film was out of date, but he's more than happy to sell him a roll of film and load it for him, which he did. He said how much it was going to cost, and my father thought that wasn't enough, so he gave him more. A thanks for the service and to try and support this small independent shop. He took the photographs. He was going to a wedding. And then afterwards, he went back to see Richard, and he asked Richard if he would be so kind as to unload the camera for him and uh, give him another roll of film and send that uh, film off to be printed. Richard did all of those things for him. Once again, he said how much it would cost, and my father gave him a little bit more. My father's now looking forward to going back to seeing Richard for the third time in a couple of weeks to uh, to pick up, I should say, his prints. This is nostalgia in the real world. This is looking after photography and looking after photographers. I think if any of us have a local shop, a local independent shop, even if we don't need to buy anything, I think we need to drop by. We need to make these people feel wanted. We need to share conversation with them. We need to support them. Otherwise, that nostalgia is going to become dead history. This week, we welcome to the podcast a photographer who's certainly done his bit to record history. And I have to say, for people of a certain age, of which I am one, his photographs have a wonderful sense of nostalgia also. Who am I talking about? 
Well, it's Don Tung, who left Brownlow Fold Secondary Modern School in Bolton, aged 15, with no qualifications, and started working in the storeroom, handing out tools to machinists at Hick Hargreaves Engineering Company, Bolton. He then went into their foundry, but left after six months to start working in the building trade as an insulation engineer. In the late 1960s, whilst working on a job at the Ilford Paper and Film Manufacturers, he bought one of their Instamatic kits from their factory shop. He then joined the Bolton Camera Club in the 1970s and began to enter the club competitions with moderate success before entering competitions in photographic magazines and having his work published. Tong won the Granada Television In Focus competition around 1980, which resulted in two days of filming at his home and Haydock Park racecourse with photographer Nobby Clark, a London-based press photographer and who also worked in the theatre. Tong began working as a freelance part-time photographer in the late 1980s, turning full-time as a front-of-house photographer for the Octagon Theatre in Bolton. He was there for eight years, received his NUJ card and started freelancing for local newspapers and occasionally the national press. He also spent some time working with a Manchester-based agency and documented the infamous Strange Ways prison riot. A one-man show of his work was presented at the Salamander Gallery, Bolton, and he has collaborated with other photographers in numerous joint shows. Tong is currently archiving his disorganised output, locating negatives and scanning them. Uh, Cafe Royal Books have picked up on this and they've published three books of Tong's work from the 1970s. What does photography mean to me? Well, it's 2022. Been around a long time. I suppose I've come full circle in a way. No being retired having more time to do things I want to do and not having the pressure of having to do what I'm told. When a client says he wants a picture or a job doing by a certain time, they want this, that and the other, and sometimes you can be under pressure for different reasons, well, they ain't got that anymore, and I'm glad. I feel like uh, an amateur again, like I was when I first started in the late 60s, early 70s. But only now um, I can comfortably go back, looking at my archive, uh, create some photo books. I've done three or four self-published, which I would have never had time to do if I'd have been working. Um, and uh, quite enjoying it. Uh, it's uh, what I'm finding now that the uh, my archive. I've got a Nikon cool scan, brilliant next scanner, and uh, I'm scanning negs in. No, I've been doing it for the last two or three years, actually, seriously. And um, I'm running them through Photoshop and Lightroom. I'm finding a lot of the underexposed negs and the overexposed negs, and I think we've all had them, you know. Uh, I can bring something out of a negative which I thought wasn't there. I would have never been able to do it in the dark room. Um, but now you can uh, move the levels across, and I'm quite enjoying that, bringing things out and uh, 
also have embraced social media. Um, social media, especially Facebook, in Bolton, where I live, Bolton, Lancashire, not Greater Manchester, um, we have about, I don't think it's five or six Bolton Facebook groups. And uh, what I'm finding, I'm putting pictures on there, enjoy doing that. And um, it's, a, it's a response I've been getting uh, from people who've seen their picture or an area where they once worked and they put in uh, names to faces and locations uh, locations where uh, I wasn't sure but I actually took it well the Facebook members have uh, really helped me there my very first book was a blurred publication shot in the north bit of a mishmash but just a collection of my favourite pictures uh, but recently, since being retired, I managed to do a couple of other books, uh, three actually, a couple that uh, are okay. Photography means to me now uh, more than anything because when you're working, you spend the decades working, and I just wanted to do the job. I see weddings, local authority work, press work, PR work, and by the time you finish that, I got the pictures out or whatever. Well, it's just obviously just no time for personal projects. All the way to do was go down the pub, have a few beers, and go down the pub again. Spent too much time down the pub actually over the decades. Uh, but now I've got time to go in the pub. Photography means to me it's a difficult thing to answer. But all I can say is it's had different things over the different decades. I think when I first started, it meant everything to me. I had the photography bug. I was out seven days a week, all weathers, all times of the day. And photography was a, meant me getting out of the building trade, which I wanted to do. So it was a, a key, a, a path, which I took away from a place I didn't want to be any longer. And I just want to keep going on and on. And on, and on, and on. Thank you, Don, for your contribution this week. Filled with nostalgia, filled with stories. Uh, it seems to be a bit of a theme once again developing in this week's episode. As regular listeners know, themes are never set. They just kind of happen. Anyway, if you're interested in checking out Don's work, all the details are on the United Nations of Photography website where... Uh this podcast is posted alongside, of course, all the other platforms you may be listening to this on or via. And his name is spelt T-O-N-G-E. So pop him in Google. And I'm sure you'll be really impressed on the quality and the breadth of work by a photographer that you may not necessarily be aware of. Whilst I was listening to Don's contribution there, I was thinking a little bit about what I was talking about at the beginning of this episode, that idea of supporting your local camera shop. And it just occurred to me, but perhaps what we should be doing is turning those camera shops into little centres, little communities of local photographers. Perhaps those camera shops need to be a little bit more 
ambitious in what they do and how they exist and why they exist. Perhaps they should also be selling photography books, maybe secondhand photography books. Maybe they could set up photographic libraries. Maybe they could put on talks by local photographers, book signings for the, the, the multitude of photo books that are coming out. If you're listening to this podcast and you do own a little independent uh, camera shop, please get in touch with me through the website. If you know somebody locally, pop in and see them. Maybe get them to listen to this episode and get them thinking. Change has got to be good. It's what we need. Speaking of change and that idea of doing things, and I suppose in a way having to respond to situations, maybe in ways that we don't necessarily want to. I'm not sure how many of us really enjoy social media and how many of us feel that we just need to do it and it's part of our practice. You know, people seem to think that I love social media. I don't really love it, but I recognise it's important, so I get involved. Somebody the other day commented on Twitter that um, I use the word should quite a lot. Um, I wasn't aware of that, but I thank them for that uh, observation. But I think so often we should do things. It's not because I'm saying that you should do them. It's because a situation suggests that they should be done. An economic climate suggests that they should be done. Because we can't be too sensitive as photographers. We have to develop a thick skin, as I'm sure all of you know. Photography isn't a science filled with strict structures of engagement. We have to make it up as we're going along, and sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes people say to us things which are not appropriate or are not informed, and we have to just take it on the chin and move on. Just a quick end to this episode to say that next week, Bill Shapiro and I will be continuing the conversation. Photo book part two will be looking at ideas about how the photo book is actually produced and put together. I know you're enjoying that conversation because you keep telling me you are. If you have any questions for us, then get them through to us and we'll try and answer them in the podcast. Also, just to let you know, we've set up on Substack, uh, The Conversation. So that's going to be a newsletter curated by Bill and I that you can sign up for for free. So if Substack is your thing or reading is your thing, then head over to Substack, UNO Photo, The Conversation. Anyway, it's been a busy week. Um, been lots of rain, actually. It's a little bit damp in the shed. I think I'm going to have to do some shed DIY over the coming week. That means power tools. I think I better take care. I'm sure you will. Mm -hmm.